Hello and welcome to the Municipal Arborist, episode 11, where we will podcast tree-related things. It'll be a joy. Uh, I got I got some pretty great news for the podcast. I have my first official sponsor. Uh, the sponsorship actually doesn't start until February, but I'm really excited about it. So we'll go ahead and give him a give him a little intro plug. The sponsor is going to be Planet Geo. Uh, Planet Geo is a global urban forestry consulting and software development firm. Since 2012, their expert team integrates experience, cutting-edge technology, and planning for urban forestry, parks, and arboriculture. Save time and money with increased efficiency, better communication, and use of real-time data for better decision-making. Planet Geo Services and TreePlotter Software Suite will take urban forestry, parks, and sustainability programs to the next level. I had Ian on the show a couple episodes ago, uh, so if you haven't listened to that yet, Ian is the CEO and uh, founder of Planet Geo. Uh, they are a really great company. They're very passionate about what they do, and I'm, I'm happy to have them on board uh, as a sponsor. I got a couple other ideas moving forward uh, for this podcast. Uh, one of them is I think I'm going to talk about a couple local jobs that pop up, job opportunities every time. <clears throat> so I'm not going to like scan and be the indeed for the internet world for two reasons. One, I don't have time to be looking through everything. And two, everything's going to be out of date, right? So unless you listen to this podcast within the first week or two after after it's published, then those job postings will probably close. But uh, if you listen and keep up to date, you might find something cool that you were not aware of. So I'll go ahead and give a couple things. Uh, the first one is Great Lakes Urban Forestry, who we also had a couple people on the show. They are hiring right now for a forestry survey technician, and that's for collecting data for large-scale tree inventories and urban forestry management plans. I have a buddy who I steered that way, and he's been there for, I think, about a year maybe, maybe a little less, but he likes it. They love him, and you know I think it'd be great for, for anybody. Mount Prospect, Illinois. Uh, the village of Mount Prospect is looking for a maintenance forestry worker. Obviously, I'm biased, but I think any career in forestry or arboriculture, especially with a municipality or government agency, is great. Um, so go ahead and check that out. Um, let's see. St. Louis, Missouri is looking for an arborist. I think that would be a really interesting job. Uh, I, ch I checked out the posting for that. Um, I visit Missouri quite often, and I like that state, and <clears throat> I think it'd be a good opportunity there. Uh, Lincolnshire, Illinois, is looking for a general maintenance in the forestry and parks division. This one's interesting. Um, it actually starts at a pretty decent salary right off the bat, um, but Lincolnshire is this nice little pocket community um, just outside of Chicago, and uh, I believe they have a pretty nice tree preservation ordinance, and uh, it's worth checking out. So anyways, like I said, I know within a couple of weeks of publishing this that all these jobs will be you know, job postings will be closed, but if you catch it quick enough, maybe go check it out. Last Sunday, which would have been Sunday, January, or I'm sorry, yeah, Sunday, January 16th, I had Daniel Maribal on the show. Uh, he's the owner and founder, CEO of Green Extraction Technologies. Uh, I've known Daniel for maybe about five years now, and he, he is a very intense and passionate man uh, when it comes to arboriculture and professionalism and, and raising the bar for our industry. He's very involved locally here with a number of different things. He's a past Illinois Arborist Association board member. 
He's an International Society of Arboriculture board-certified master arborist. He serves as a CEO, thought leader, and change agent for green extraction technologies, an urban forestry tree care firm with a strong focus on tree preservation. Daniel has 30 years of experience working within the green industry and has grown to have a strong business leadership background. For years, Daniel has watched the connection among how trees begin their lives in the nursery, how trees are installed in the new homes in the urban forest, and how they face a vast number of challenges in the years following installation. Daniel actually started out as a nurseryman, and we talk about that uh, in, the, in this show. Daniel strives to showcase the critical connection between raising the professional bar with advanced training and needing to promote that higher skill set to the public at large. He is super passionate about this stuff. I mean, he takes time and talks to his potential customers about what it is that we do, which is hugely important for for raising the bar in our industry. Again, if the public knows what a certified arborist is just as that starting point, it's going to mean so much for everybody and and then the trees moving forward, right? I always make this... uh, uh, comparison when I'm speaking to people in the public that, you know, they, they want to make sure they hire a certified arborist. I'm like, oh, what's a certified arborist? And I, and I, I kind of say, well, it's kind of like the equivalent to like a civil engineer or a, a licensed plumber, just, you know, to give them a couple things that they know already to compare it to. And obviously it's not exactly the same as that, but um, it demonstrates that level of professionalism and everything. So uh, anyways, uh, Daniel and I had a great conversation. Uh, it was the day after his birthday, actually, so he's probably a little rough around the edges, but I couldn't tell. He did a pretty awesome, awesome job on the show, and uh, you can check his website out. Uh, it'll be in the show notes here. Um, he's been on a couple other podcasts, too, uh, one with uh, Keith Kalfas. Cal- I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. If I get it wrong, I'm sorry, and if you're listening to this, Keith, I apologize. So anyways, that's that's about it moving forward. Um, <clears throat> next month in February, uh, I'll be traveling to the Wisconsin Arborist Association Annual Conference, w- which is an absolute blast. And I have a bunch of people lined up up there to, re- to uh, interview. I'm going to be interviewing Casey, who is the owner and founder of Arb Session. Uh, we're going to be interviewing Dr. Rich Hauer uh, from University of Wisconsin, uh, Stevens Point. Um, he has, I mean, he has created probably hundreds of local urban foresters, city foresters, arborists, etc. Um, and then we're going to also be speaking with Scott uh, Altenhoff. I, I hope I get that name pronunciation right. He's from uh, Oregon, and um, he 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 does a lot with like tree preservation. Uh, and he's been on the board for the Society of Municipal Arborists for for quite a while. Um, I also have Todd Kramer coming in uh, next week, who is just like an absolute monster um, trainer, climber, rigger. Um, I mean, he travels all over the place. He's a very well-known guy. Uh, luckily, he lives locally here, and uh, I kind of know him a little bit, so I uh, got, got to get him on the show. So look forward to that. Uh, that episode will probably be coming up next. Uh, I also want to take a moment to give a shout-out to the Illinois Arborist Association, if you live in Illinois, you really should be a member of the Illinois Arborist Association. Um, they're really, or we, since I'm a board member now, should say, are really advancing our industry um, so much. You know, we provide so many different educational opportunities. I think we offer four different testing opportunities. I think we're testing quarterly for a certified arborist, municipal specialist, and utility specialist. We typically offer one or two track trainings a year. 
We have a big conference every fall. We have a summer conference uh, in the summer, obviously, as the title alludes, summer conference. And I think there's about 12 or 1,300 members right now, and it's a great benefit to you. Uh, they help out this podcast by helping basically process the CEU. So if you're listening to this episode or any of these episodes and you live in the state of Illinois and you click on that link to get CEUs, you have to thank them for that because they're doing that back-end work, not me. I'm just making the request for the CEUs, but they are processing them and sending them to the International Society of Arboriculture. So the IA website link is in the show notes. So guys, if you're in Illinois, become a member. It's totally worth it. And it'll really help elevate your professionalism and hopefully everyone else that you're connected with as well, because it's going to inspire you and then it's going to inspire everyone else. So check it out. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Hope your guys' uh, January is going well. Uh, started out slow as it always does, but here we are at the end of it and uh, getting ready to move into February. Hopefully all of you municipal guys that work up north are not having to plow too much. Uh, we haven't, so that's great. So yeah, let's move on to the interview. Take it easy, guys. I get all these people that start hitting me up on Facebook, Instagram, yeah. all that stuff. And they're all asking me, like, I want to be a certified arborist or my life is fucked up and I want to yeah. do better. And like, this sounds like a great choice for me. Can you help me? Yeah. And it turns out, like, you know, because Keith was like, I get these calls all the time for years. I've been getting these calls. Mm -hmm. And really what it comes down to is some guy is living in his basement at his grandma's house can't stop playing video games and smoking weed long enough to get out there <laughs> and do something better with himself. He goes, what they need is coaching, like, from a introspective get better place yeah not become a certified arborist he's like they need they just need someone they resonate with sure to speak their language Absolutely, and speak yeah. to them. he goes it's 45 minutes of me listening to them mm -hmm. and then maybe five minutes of me telling them what i think they should do yeah. which is usually get off your ass and do something yeah he's like you could do that and i'm like i don't have time for that he's like dude i'm telling you you yeah. could do like 10 of those a week well yeah dude i totally i think you can like you and you i've told you before like our kind of backgrounds are you know slightly relate relatable sure. you know and yeah. like where like my i mean my background in education and like the kind of life that i came from um i'm not sure exactly yours but i know that it's somewhat similar to mine but the other plus to that is um the similar parts the misguided wayward youth oh yeah totally place. and but arbor culture it's like anyone the the entry level is just like a step yeah. In. You know, anybody can get in and then anyone can go wherever they want. And there's so many different paths in this industry, you know, you know, and just like opening that door for people or pulling them in or making them take that first step is, is huge, you know, and Keith is right, dude. I think you do have that ability to, uh, coach people and, you know, explain to people like your path and how you got there and, you know, kind of show them, show them the way. And you know what, even if they don't end up sticking it out in arboriculture or somewhat green industry related you've helped them you know sure progress in life take some step forward progress. yeah are you yeah. recording yeah it's recording okay. everything's recording now sure that yeah that happen. yeah because that'll happen keith and i'll be talking we'll be on a roll on the phone yeah He's like, God, i didn't record yeah He's like that was some good stuff no yeah everything like i said dude it just records and when i don't edit i don't edit 
stuff out in the middle or anything like that. If I do like a weird cough or something, I'll try to cut that out if it's in an inopportune time. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I'll edit out the very beginning of just like the bullshit when I'm setting levels. And then after that, it's just I let it I let it fly. There's only been one time where I've had to edit something out of the middle. I won't tell you why or who, but sure. there was a reason. Right, but you could, maybe you, somebody you can't tell the name or yeah. something comes up that yeah, something happens. Some, yeah, something sometimes. I know and, you keep the swearing down to to. I swear, respectable levels. I swear, though, it's like so, a shit yeah. in the fucking. Yeah, that's they're right. there, but you keep it pretty calm. Yeah, yeah. So that's important, too, um, I guess, because you you stay relatable to everybody that way. You get, have a wider range audience. Oh yeah, so. and I mean working working in the field, that's just <clears> how people talk, you know, and they speak to each other in that manner and right. I don't have a problem with it, you know, and they're you know, doctors and shit like that and doctors of forestry and arboriculture. Sure. They may not speak like that, but you know, the majority of us do and right. not constantly, but well, I'll tell you some, something. I've, some I've been to the WAA and I've been invited to a little, little after hours thing at the WAA. Yeah. And there's been doctors in the room mm-hmm. at two o'clock in the morning that are tipping glasses that you would never think that those PhDs, <laughs> those tree doctors yeah. would be saying the things that they're saying and doing. Now, I'm not going to mention any names. Yeah. Those people know who they are, but I have mad respect for them. It's funny, man. Those people with that, that high level of education that write out, do mm-hmm. all the research and write all the papers. They're an interesting breed, man. Like, you know, I, I, we've had a, a couple of them out in our city for different uh, issues going on. Um, and, you know, they come out there and they look at it. Like, I've moved up like three levels with people. And now they're this one person, I won't mention his name, but he's doing like a study in town. It's his, the next year will be the third year. Mm-hmm. And the first year we had him out. And before that, we had someone else out too. Every time they're just like me or you, where they're looking at it like, well, I don't know, <laughs> you know, it's just like funny, you know. You think like, especially when you're starting out, you think there's these people at this high, high, absolute that level of like, of like genius, but they're right. not. They're literally, they may, they may have a lot of background knowledge more than we do, mm-hmm. and then those educational components. But when they're standing out there looking at issues, I mean, they're just like us, man. You know, they are looking at like i don't fucking know you know well it's like i've talked to people at the arboretum like some of these people that i'm sure we're talking about the same people yeah um and and you ask them about issues that are going on and they kind of look at you and they're like you know we've been studying this stuff for like 25 30 years Mm -hmm. and and because the climate has changed so much or things are at such extremes yeah we don't know yep so you know this is kind of like the age of the technician where mm-hmm. you you're the boots on the ground we've done all these studies and all this research and now you're the boots on the ground you're the one that's supposed to be paying attention you yeah. know who told me that um so i went to the landscape below ground uh, like uh, four years ago or whatever and i got to meet one of my idols i got to meet dr ed gilman okay it was incredible yeah. and i had rudy my, my root yeah, with me because <laughs> i want to show it to him because i i want him to look at it because very rarely when you have adventitious roots mm-hmm. do they actually fuse to the tr- trunk of the tree okay. and help keep the tree alive and he had said like like if you think you you've seen that that that's probably not the case so i bring rudy with me to the landscape below conference which is like an international thing and i am carrying rudy around with me I'm like you gotta look at my root he's like i've seen these millions of these samples and and i show it to him he's like you know what i think it is is grafted to the trunk and uh, Dr. Watson was there, and Dr. Miesbauer was there, and Gilman, and they're just standing around looking at my root. And I'm like, wow. And they're like <laughs> schooling me on my own specimen, right? Yeah. It was so cool. But he told me, he's like, you know, he's like, we've been studying this stuff for 25, 30 years, the climate, and what's going on with trees, and all the issues that are out there. And he's like, you know, the, the, the time of the researcher, although important, 
it's really now the time of the the technician that's out there in the in the field it's your time now to put into practice all the things that we've been researching and and learning and and see how they relate to today's world because the bottom line is we don't know yeah what some of the problems are like the oaks you know oaks are just having this really bad time mm-hmm. and we don't really know what's going on yeah so i just recently was at the uh, illinois arborist association uh, annual conference and uh dr miller and some other people were talking about that. There's just issues going on out there. Yep. It's like, what's going on? We don't know what's going on. Yeah. So. It's a, you know, that speaks volumes to back to our industry and why I'm doing this podcast education, like I said earlier. Um, the reason it's like that now is because everyone's pushed to be better and do better. Now, all of us boots on the ground people are people who are so much more highly educated than anyone else in any other trade because the information is out there for us to take and the information yeah. that is being provided to us is so rich you know very and we, we learn so much by attending like conferences and hopefully listening to podcasts and you know <laughs> podcasts other specifically stuff, you know? like this podcast yeah exactly yes. but you know what i'm saying like yeah. before i mean think about it like i wasn't around then because i'm 39 years old but 40 years ago yo son the normal dude <laughs> the normal dude who's out here cutting down a tree Funny story, my uh, grandpa, I never met him. He died when I was like one, mm. but he owned a tree company and both my dad really? and my uncle worked for for him. Okay. And uh, it's just kind of like f- full circle. So like I started out as like a carpenter or whatever, like in the trades, mm-hmm. I followed the mm-hmm. path of my, you know, dad and my uncle at that time. But now I've like reversed back to arbor culture, which at that time wasn't arbor culture. I mean, it was, but for my grandpa, it was just tree cutting. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a couple trucks were cutting trees. We got some rope, you know, but let her fly. But yeah, but them the, back See then, you think my grand, you think my grandpa like had these types of opportunities that we have now, no. like what we've built up, you know. So, you know, the industry and everything's industry. like lined up perfectly too with this uh, green green initiatives and everything. Yeah. The, the past like you know fifteen years, it's really like exploded, right? And it's again great career paths and opportunities for people. well it marries into the whole uh conversation about climate change and all that so whenever i bring up that term climate change i don't ever want to bring it up in in the format of like politicizing it yeah i'm not going to sit here and say that if you drive an f-250 diesel or you drive a prius or whatever that one is better than the other i mean i do know that changing the oil and then dumping it down the sewer grate like my dad would do when <laughs> i was a kid yeah. i know that's a bad thing <laughs> but right, you know these yeah. other things i don't know if we make that big of a change but one thing that that we do know is like we're living in the geological age of anthropocene so anthropocene you know it's 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 when man or people i shouldn't say just man but but when human beings have left their biggest impact imprint and impact on the planet mm-hmm. so that's gonna that's gonna uh, turn into uh, climate changes and you know the, the extremes and i think that's the problem the extremes everything in life right extremes COVID, like this extreme of yeah. COVID and yeah. being sick an extreme of politi- politicizing things yeah left or right or where you're at so it's the same thing with climate you know it's just the extreme well, of it and it's just causing such havoc you have these years where we have these deluge of tropical rains almost and then you have drought times and i just don't think trees can can handle it no, absolutely not. And speaking of the politi- politicalization of things, I, I've had I've had to learn to be careful how I speak to residents about climate change. Yeah. You know, I I, I, I yeah. explain it to them. Sometimes they like roll their eyes or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, so like 
Uh, I explain it in a way like regardless if you think it's caused by man or it's a natural cycle of the earth, it's happening. Yeah. You know, and then the other thing, too, is you got to do it. You're, you're foolish, in my opinion, not to make some sort of change, whether you believe it or not. Like it doesn't take a genius to figure out the na- potential negative or not potential, like proven negative impacts of certain things that humans do that are and there's enough science out there to know that trees help mitigate a yes. lot of these challenges so yeah. like we use covid is the same thing right so people have politicized covid look it's an infectious um virus mm-hmm. that's running rampant and causing problems and things and people that are challenged um are affected way worse yeah so why don't we just follow science and wash our hands because we know yeah we ba- wash our hands more cover our face cover our mouth stay home when you don't feel great yeah we know that that's going to help limit exposure to other people yeah take better care of yourself quit smoking maybe lose a couple pounds whatever um and you might be able to combat these problems so it's the same thing with like uh the whole green initiative and climate change and all this kind of stuff so but there's some great um there's some great leaders out there right now that are um doing some wonderful things when it comes to climate change uh, pertaining to like pushing it through the industry to make the green initiative a big thing yeah and it can be a big economy booster like we know we know for a fact um through studies that when like neighborhoods that are that are underserved like underserved communities when we take care of the trees in those underserved communities you can raise the tax base Mm -hmm. you can lower the crime rate but why is that is it just because the trees there no because the trees represent the staple in the community that now people become stakeholders in their community so they care a little bit more yeah when they see something that doesn't look quite right they don't want it ruining their community mm-hmm. when they've just taken all this initiative to like plant trees take care yeah. of trees and all that i'm stuff, glad you so. put it like that because usually when i hear when when people talk about the studies and you know the the economic uh the the higher economic prosperity in areas where trees are they'll always say whatever the percentage is areas with trees have x amount of percent higher property values and Mm -hmm. people spend on average x amount of dollars more i don't remember exactly what the numbers Mm -hmm. are but usually when they tell that story they're telling the story about you have to plant trees so you can get this and i've always thought well that's bullshit like in my opinion because Mm -hmm. I, I view it as like a chicken and the egg thing, like what came first, you sure. know what I mean? So what you're explaining is the value of taking care of it is is a reflection of the community itself versus we just have to plant trees to raise property values and get more ta- ta- tax It's the base. why behind exact, it that's connected yes, to that's what's so yeah. important. And then again, that so it, really this podcast is about like talking about our industry and why arboriculture is a great like career path. So it's the same thing like, our why mm-hmm. right so we found you and i found our why yeah in this industry mm-hmm. and this industry just i guess because it's connected to nature like i mean maybe plumbers and hvac guys i don't know maybe they have this too in their um in their <laughs> I world i don't think so i don't i don't think so it's not the it, same dude it's more competitive you it know it is but 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 in our world i think because of the nature the natural component of it it attracts this environment that like you can do better yeah well most most people in this industry care most 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 care there are there are a couple shit floaters out there sure companies who are just in it for money but they're few and far that advertise will top trees oh yeah right topping is oh god let me tell you a a quick little story 
about topping. So we were we were part of this. I'm pretty sure I can talk about it. We were part of this grant, right? That this big federal grant that got funneled down through the states, where uh, they're handing out money for uh, tree inventories and management plans. Okay. And great. So like we went for it, we got it, and then we found out kind of as we went along a little more in the details that we had to do some things like we had to add like a tree board and like change our ordinance and all that. So ultimately we ended up backing out. I'm not going to get into all the great details about it, but someone who was part of this grant process was trying to tell us how we needed to rewrite our ordinance. We have one of the most comprehensive ordinances in the area already. Dude. Yes, you do. So, they were telling us you need to put tree topping in your ordinance. And it's like, we already had something in our ordinance that's called substantial destruction. And I don't know the exact definition, but it's basically like removing more than 35% of live canopy from a tree or anything in the opinion of the forester is substantial destruction. Mm -hmm. The fine amount is exactly the same as removing a tree without a permit. That's fucking tree topping. Well, you know, why would we need a redundancy of tree topping when it's essentially already in there under substantial destruction. Right. So and anyways, I guess to the layman, it would have made sense. But, you know, the layman out here, my neighbor across the street or something, he doesn't know the difference between substantial destruction or tree topping. No. You know, so what's or what's, heading cuts. what's the difference? Or heading oh, cuts. Oh, yeah. No way. So, no way. So, like, and that's why our industry is like fire. Because you, you learn all these things, right? So, like, I know arborists, like, in the Gulf Coast area and up along the uh, the eastern seaboard in hurricane-prone areas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they rebuild trees, which right. is becoming a thing for me. So there's, like, five um, ash trees that were just really hit hard by EAB. Mm-hmm. We got there a little bit late for treatment, but they wanted to try. And, and using uh, select heading cuts back to buds, back to nodes, back yeah. to laterals, instead of full branch removal and just the right um, – um, cocktail of things to put in the ground to help the tree with transport, being able to rebuild trees. But, you know, to the unknowledgeable other tree person, they're like, you're topping the tree. Because from afar, well, they don't yeah, know. Well, you see yeah. these, these very radical cuts. Mm-hmm. But if you get closer and you get into the tree, you'll see they're back to small laterals. Yeah. They're back to something else that's alive because you do want that response growth yeah. that's bad for the tree. But you want to come back and manage it after. Exactly. So there's yeah. all these levels to it. And if you're going to commit to it, then it's absolutely worth it, especially on like specimen trees, oh, like yeah. what you're talking about. If it's a high value tree, even if it's one tree in some dude's backyard, then do it. You know, if it's like a mature whatever, say it's like a 30 inch red oak or something and it's starting to turn to shit. You know what I mean? You can mm-hmm. put all those reduction cuts into it and basically force the tree into regression and keep it around for another 20 or 30 years. As they long do it as, in Europe. So that's exactly what I was just going to say. They've got these massive yeah. DBH trees and the head on it is like 10% in comparison to the rest. Right. Of the they have like thousands, thousands of year old trees that they're, they're doing that to and they're, and they're managing. Now that's, you know, there's different levels of acceptable risk or whatever to everybody. So that's not, you can't always do that. Right. But it, so that's it another component of our industry, right? Yep. You get to learn about that. So that that's why I was drawn into this because the information in our industry for career path development is delivered in such a way through so many avenues that even a guy like me 
and I, I guess I'm not trying to put myself down, but just, just a, a simple guy like me can, can learn some of these techniques and leave a lasting contribution. So we talk mm-hmm. about high value trees, like what's considered a high value tree. So I go into a backyard, um, new homeowner calls, and this is a true story. It's like last fall. Want to cut? Wants to cut a tree down. I think like an Elmhurst or something. Mm-hmm. And I go over there, and it's uh, like a Chinese elm, and there's some, some some substantial deadwood in it, and it just doesn't look that happy. And uh, but overall, structurally, it's fine. It's, you can tell it just had no care at all. So you know what's what's the story? Why do you want to cut the tree down? Um, big dead branches, and it looks dangerous, and we want to cut it down. And I'm like, well, it hasn't had any care or love. I said, we could fix that. Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, really? You know, we've called three other tree care companies. And they all were like, they gave us like dollar amount to get it on the ground like today. And I'm <laughs> like, no. I said, we're going to try to preserve the tree. Yeah. And they're like, why? And I'm like, because the tree's high value. Mm-hmm. You don't realize it. I go, but the whole back of your house, Western exposure, you're going to lose all your shade. Mm-hmm. And you're going to just raise your energy costs, which on the bigger macro scale, contributes to like everything else oh yeah like global warming all these kind of things again i don't want to politicize that but it's a fact the more we draw on energy and resources Mm -hmm. the bigger the impact that we leave on the planet right so you don't want to be a part of that and they're a younger couple are like no we don't want we don't want to do that and i said beyond that i said all the yards like your adjacent yard to the left to the right and the back they all kind of slope towards your house and i said it's like september we really haven't had that much rain and i hear your sump pump just shooting water <laughs> out of the basement. Yeah. And I said, when you take out that tree, that 32-inch elm tree, that's a straw for water, mm-hmm. you think you've got a sump pump that's running now. You better get ready to invest for a bigger one. Like yeah. You don't realize what you're doing or how when you lose this tree and you lose all that water uptake now, mm-hmm. you're going to send all that water downstream three yards down the road. Yeah. And they're gonna you're going to impact their landscape. How, uh, and they're like, where did you learn all? Like, where did you go to college? And I'm like, I didn't graduate from high school. I got a GED from high school. I said, I learned this in the industry. And they're like, like, it, like it's that deep in what you do? I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's trees, man. Yeah, it's very deep. They're like, well, how, did you, how did you learn it? And I said, this is the best industry ever to where, where you can be anybody from anywhere at any level, especially like if you did not do well in a traditional platform of education like I didn't. And if you apply yourself, you can really learn a lot of things. Yeah. You got to want to, though, right? Yeah. And then you got to find out that this is your why. Like, why am I doing this? Like, yeah. I have a big why, why I do this. Absolutely. I've always said, I, you know, trees save my life. Now I save their life. Yeah. So. Hey, point that thing, grab it and like point it at your mouth hole. There you go. My, it doesn't got to be like pie right next to it, but just like point it. Yeah, no, there you go. This is not a porn <laughs> session. Yeah. Dude, it sounds like it, though. It's going that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got a nursery question for you mm. because I know you're involved with that. That's kind of how you got your start. That's how I got my start. Okay, so huge issues everyone knows about is the six, eight, ten inches of soil on top of the root balls, right? Right. So I've heard, and I don't understand why because I've never seen it with my eyes, Okay. that the problem persists through how the trees are transplanted initially is that true do you know what i mean so like when they come i know like our nursery uh for example they get their little seedlings from like out west and then they're transplanted here okay so i've heard that like the machinery that plants it or whatever i know it's just the guy standing on the back that yeah, when it's sitting. dumping the so- yeah sitting i'm sorry when it's that, called when a setter okay and so they sit in these seats and there's there's a 
um, like a, a plow that makes a furrow. Okay. And then you grab the liner and you stick it in the furrow. And then at the back of the setter, there's a di- there's two discs that come and then they the soil gets put back on top. And that's kind of how it starts. So if you go real deep and you go to the academics, they're going to say, well, it's got to do with certain varieties, certain species. Uh, rootstock has a lot to do with it where they have to plant it deeper. The bottom line is a lot of this stuff just happens at the point of planting mm-hmm. for whatever reason. It doesn't okay. really matter why. That's just when it happens. And then from cultivation practices beyond that, how they maintain the trees in the row, mm-hmm. it gets exacerbating, gets worse. I see. But it's even deeper than that. And you really don't know this unless you have time, either like a background in farming, which I did not from the southwest side of Detroit. And I'm like from your little village here in Chicago, right? (laughs) So I'm not from farmland, but I lived in Virginia and I I, I worked on a plantation, a nursery plantation for 15 years when I was a nurseryman. Um, So I got to see this. So let me paint a picture for you. You've got a field, rolling hills, right? And you have a tree that, like, let's say is at the bottom of a dip in a field. Okay. And you've cultivated these tree rows in a way that you want to keep grass from growing up around the tree. So you have, like, these um, three to four foot wide centers uh, where the tree is in the middle. And it's it's got two feet on each side of nothing but soil. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, there's a machine and different machines do this. um, But one that I know of is called the weed badger. And it's it's a it goes on the back of a, a three point hitch tractor, and it's got like these tines on it, and they spin and they turn, and as you go down the row, you cultivate up the soil, mm. and then the soil gets fluffed up, and a lot of it gets thrown back onto I got you the rootstock. I see. Okay. And so now the soil is very <clears throat> cultivated, which is great for when it rains, because now the water is going to percolate better into the roots of the tree. Mm-hmm. So again, back to the picture I'm painting of this field with kind of a rolling pitch to it Mm -hmm. so the trees that are in the lower part of the field you get this heavy rain event and all the water carries silt and sediment down to the bottom of the field the bottom of that field could be so expansive that there might be 30 trees at the bottom of that times however many hundred rows of trees you could have 500 trees that suddenly got three inches of uh, silt and sediment washed on them. Yeah. The nursery didn't do this on purpose. And, you know, that's the one thing I hate about this industry. And I've been seeing it for the 30 years that I've been in it. This finger pointing. Landscapers are dumb. Chucking a truck, plants a hole, uh, digs a hole, throws a tree, bounces out after he gets his check. And then you got the, oh, the nurserymen. They're just dumb farmers. You know, soybeans, corn, trees. It doesn't matter. It's a crop. They don't know anything. And then you arboriculture people, you tree doctors, you guys think you know everything. Like, I've heard that for 30 years. That is so not helpful to anything. Yeah. So, like in Israel, right, if you, every buddy at like 16 has to join the army <laughs> i think that everybody who goes for an arboriculture degree or urban forestry degree should have to spend i don't know at least at least one summer and a fall planting season in the nursery yeah. i think it should be <clears throat> mandatory because that is i guarantee you that's where like 88 percent of our problems come from is from the nursery it's fun. Not it's, the nursery's fault. So yeah. I know people in the green industry yeah. on that side of it are going to hear this podcast. Sure. I'm not calling you out. Yeah. I will call you out later, further in the conversation. <laughs> right now, I'm not calling you out. But 
yeah so these things happen and we have to be aware that this is a problem but see then again it's even deeper than that right so then the tree is in the ground for six years you have all the soil on top of it now it's getting compacted it's building over time so now we're going to dig the tree with this tree spade right tree spade is going to sit on top of the ground and it's angled 22 25 degree cone whatever it is that's how the tree spade is going to be and it goes into the ground well your taper of how it goes into the ground to get full root capture needs to be at the flare level. Mm-hmm. Well, when the frame of the tree spade sits up six, high, eight, eight, ten inches yeah, higher, yep. you're not getting full root capture. Yeah. So you can sit there then and go to a conference and listen to PhDs go, the tree died because it had six, eight, in- eight inches of soil on top of it. It's like you said, the why though. Yeah. The why is because we didn't get a full root capture. Well, yeah, that tree I, never had a start. So I think every tree should be air spaded yeah. before it ever gets dug. Yeah, and I... I, uh, that's kind of what I was leading to with, with <clears throat> once they harvest it, right? You're supposed to two, two and a half inch, two, three inch trees, whatever, 24 inch root ball. It's not a fucking 24 inch root ball by the time it comes to you mm. because there's eight inches sometimes of fucking soil. On well, it's a 24 it, you know inch I mean? root ball because you put it in a 24 inch basket. Well, but you did not get the right that's, aspect of right. root that's ratio what I, that, that's exactly, for a 24 inch Exactly. Ball. That's, yes. that's what I'm getting at. Yep. So my problem is, and I've explained this to a lot of people, I'm going to explain it to you how we do it, okay? How we plant. Okay. Okay. I'll tell you right now, it's not textbook because you can't plant thousands of trees textbook unless you right. had a shitload of money and time, right? Exactly. So this is what we do to do it in the middle. And to people listening to this who've already heard it, listen again. <laughs> Pay <laughs> okay. attention. Yeah. Mad so, nuggets being dropped right now. Yeah. So what we do is we don't remove the whole basket. Okay. That's we, fine. I'll tell you what we don't. We cut the top ring off. So 24-inch root ball, there's two rings typically. So we're cutting the top ring off. Low-profile right? basket. Right. That's We're knocking it down. Um, and then we're not removing all the burlap either, but we're removing it down to where that first ring in the basket is. Okay. Okay. Reason is, and break it down. Reason is, you, you know, but I'm explaining. Reason is, trees harvested from the nursery. Okay, it's staged at the nursery. It's moved once. So actually, it's moved twice at that point. Once from the ground, from your hole, onto a trailer, or right, and then and then it's. Are you talking about how many times I, it's been touched before it gets to you? Yeah. It's more than that. Okay, so just listen. I'm, I'm going to break it down, though. So okay. once harvesting onto a trailer there, and then again from the trailer to wherever it's being staged at the nursery, that's minimum two times, okay, minimum. Then you, your contractor is going to come. He's going to pick it up and put it on his trailer. That's three. He's going to set it down and stage it in his yard. That's four. He's going to pick it up again and put it on his truck. That's the fifth time. And then he's going to move it again and deliver it so that's a six time that's minimum so minimum minimum. there's going to be more depending on the moves and all that shit a lot of the people moving them not to knock them don't understand the damage that they're doing when they're grabbing them fucking rolling them around and shit you know what i mean or the implement they're using to grab them exactly that too right and it's wet and you just push all the soil up or are using one of those mechanical tree gripper things right and it squeezes the ball and Especially yeah. in the spring when it's really wet and you just, yeah. You just, <sighs> so, so let's say they move it that minimum six times. Now it's sitting there in a parkway waiting to be planted. Guys come, they dig the hole. Now you do a textbook and you pull all that shit off and you stake it. You're left with the most unstable 
thing that God has ever created. The structural integrity of, of the ball is totally destroyed. So, and that's our, where the nursery so, gets you on your on your uh, warranty. Yes, you exactly. take everything off. You're like, yep. oh, you destroyed, you yep. disturbed the structural integrity of your root you're ball. So you're not getting your warranty. Absolutely, here's right. what I'm going to call it: the nursery right. Stop doing that. Yeah. So what we do is, like I said, we cut that top ring off. We pull, pull the uh, we pull the burlap off. Cut the burlap off the top. We remove all the soil, obviously, off the top of it. That three to ten inches, because I've seen it literally ten inches before. Um, before you expose that root flare, and then we set it that way. And the reason we do it like that is because, like you just alluded to, we don't want to lose that structural integrity mm-hmm. of what's left of that root ball from all of that movement, the way you know all all of the deliveries and all that shit. We want to try to keep that structural integrity. Um, and then again, if you say it's eight inches, you've removed, you got a 24 inch root ball, you've removed eight inches. You've removed a lot of mass from that thing. Mm-hmm. And we're not staking every single tree just you because can't. we can't, it's impossible. You know, it's not impossible, but I'd rather spend money in other places than on staking trees. So, but we, even in a park, it's, like it's a hazard too. Well, it is. People totally. could trip on it. And then who's going to do the maintenance after? Well, that's the thing. And like, we can, but then again, I'm taking money and time away from something else. You know, I, there's only so much amount of time that yep. we all have in a day, right? And that's one thing that I don't. So we found this middle ground. And I think the middle ground, and I'm not a scholar. I haven't researched this. But my middle ground is this. You look very scholarly in your cardigan. <laughs> in your, in your uh, chair. It's yeah. too bad these aren't filmed because yeah. you, like, the audience is missing out on the whole vibe right now. So, but... Uh, you know, th- look at how they, uh, I know this is ignorance and anecdotal, but look at how they were planting trees a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, we're doing better now than they were then. Right. And mm-hmm. I feel like what I'm doing now is at least bringing these trees closer to larger or a higher percentage of maturity and life success. You're reducing than, the level of mortality. Absolutely. That's what I'm hoping for, because I'll tell you what. I know how everyone says you're supposed to plant a tree and I see all these towns planting trees, you know, and they're not doing it, you mm-hmm. know? So that's how I, I know I'm doing a little better that's and I'm not I... trying to call them out, but every, what, what you see and you hear at a conference or some like online webinar or something is totally different than what's going on. In, you know how we fix that? We need to do more hands on stuff in the industry yes there are so many classes so like back in shy days i wasn't around then for that but i've talked to people that had been to his workshop workshops and things like that it was hands-on yeah the the best hands-on thing that i ever had was um i think his name is luke scherenbach out of morton he's like the soil guy okay and i met him through uh michelle cat cat Tiana, I always say her name wrong, but she's like the, like, I think like the number two researcher for soils and stuff. But so I went to WAA and a couple years ago and he did an in-person, uh, soils thing in the class. Like we're going to do ribbon testing and checking colors and all and using additives to check the consistency. So we're in this ballroom of this hotel 
at the Wisconsin Arbors Association, and he's got tarps out and plastic, and he's going to make mud. <laughs> he's going to make mud in the hotel. Uh, and he's like, does anybody want to get up here? My hand was the first hand up. I I don't know how many people I jumped over to get up there because I want to be – because I'm, like, craving that, like, to, that hands-on thing. Yeah. And I think we need more of that in the industry. You know who does a great job of putting in a hands-on event? The Chicago Region Trees Initiative. They oh, do yeah. the uh, – the uh, urban forestry basic urban training. forestry basic yeah. training but that's mostly for municipal people yeah. and of course they need that too but like i think we need that industry-wide for people yeah. from from guys who are just mowing and blowing in the landscape to to all the way up to our level mm-hmm. you, yeah because it all starts at the ground i don't know why this is like a, such a hard concept for people to understand that everything that goes on with the tree starts at the ground you know um my friends mark and Lori mann um from the american biochar company and the same people who invented pack Tributrazole, okay. plant growth regulator. Mm-hmm. They say it best. They say the beauty above comes from the science below. Like, why is this such a foreign concept? Yeah. What's that? What's that called again? The beauty above. No, no, comes no. The chemical or the... Tributrazole. Okay. Is they they, they say that whiskey? best. They say that best because I sure as fuck can't say it. No, I can't. <laughs> Petra cycle. I'll say it even worse if you keep feeding me the Cyrus whiskey. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't say any of those scientific names. That's too. It's too complicated. I'm but sure yeah. I'm not saying it right. You're absolutely right, though. You're absolutely right, Thank dude. You. Totally, totally. So this industry is full of like amazing people, and we all learn from each other. And I applaud what you're doing to to get the message out there. I wanted to do, start doing my like my own podcasting and stuff, but I just like all the equipment. Like I'm never going to have anything but myself. Well, we had on. like talked about it a couple <clears> times, <throat> you and I too. But like it, you know, eventually it was just like you know, like I couldn't figure out like a good theme i guess the theme could be exactly like this but i mean i named it the municipal arborist because that's what i do but i'm trying to like tie in everything together you know i it's not just supposed to be municipal forestry it's supposed to be our industry Mm -hmm. and how it's all tied together it just so happens that i'm a municipal arborist so that's a little bit from your perspective as well because you're in charge like the municipal the municipal side of urban forestry you're in charge of the trees both publicly mm-hmm. and then even kind of privately. Oh, yeah, Because totally. it's part of your urban forest canopy. Yeah. If you lost every tree in everybody's um, yard, their proper yard, mm-hmm. and all you had were parkway trees, one, your city would look fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and two, yeah. two, that it would be bad. It, you'd have yeah. even worse canopy problems. So even though you can't really go on people's property, although in Park Ridge, you guys have some very strict ordinances, which is yeah. very nice to see. Um, and you guys are definitely leading leading the charge on that. Yeah. But uh, well, I it, didn't, I can't take credit for it, but it's cool that I'm You part are part of, of that team. <clears throat> you know? Yeah. It's so, weird, like, going, to, uh, driving through other towns sometimes, I'll see stuff and I'll be like, these <clears throat> motherfuckers. <laughs> Not the town, but, like, just that it's allowed to happen. You know, and part of me, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm like, I'm more of a moderate. I lean a little, lean a little more like to the conservative side, but I'm definitely more of a moderate, right? Mm-hmm. But, and I, I believe in like uh, personal property rights and sure. things like that. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like, a, and it's a fine line having like tree preservation ordinances, but, you know, it affects everybody. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like literally yeah. everybody, you know, it's all chain chain reactions and building blocks and you take a little piece out and everything could collapse so you know the way i see it is like you need a permit to like build a deck to make sure it's safe for people mm-hmm. so if we have to protect some trees to make sure everyone's healthier both mentally and physically and 
the aesthetics that they provide and then the monetary value that they provide, then I'm okay with it to a certain extent. Sure. You know, yeah. I don't, and, and with our ordinance too, I don't read it black and white. Like I go out there and I'm inspecting these trees that people are applying to remove mm-hmm. like a normal person would, but with my, with my arborist eyes and sure. education behind it. You know? Well, you've got to be really objective, right? You've got to, you've got to, um, yeah, you've got to be objective um, and not be biased. Yeah. You can't just, I can't just like look and try to save every tree. No. And I don't. I look at it like, here's a permit. Why do they want to remove it? And sometimes I have approved, like sometimes people apply for it for something stupid, like um, tree is messy or something. Yeah. Dumb, something dumb. You know like I mean, that. I don't like But tree. then I'll go out Leaves there gutter. and like some, some, some tree company, I use that exactly that way on purpose tree company tree removal company not arborist tree removal company will give them an estimate to remove it i'll go out there like i'll read the permit i'll be like this is ridiculous fucking tree's messy i'm not gonna let him remove it and i go out there and i look at it and i end up finding stuff that the tree company missed and i'll approve it and then i'll educate them on risk what's good right, on you'll the do tree. A risk exactly aren't you track don't yeah. you have your track yeah, yeah. see that's again so i'm looking so industry. i'm but but e- even if they didn't approve they didn't apply for the permit for that reason that they didn't see or their tree company didn't see i'll approve the permit and i'll explain it to them like look x y and z is wrong with this tree if it was in my yard i would remove it because of this but i would not approve this permit just because you think this tree is messy so like right. i try to educate them a little bit because they may have two other trees in the yard that they're thinking you're about a natural too. teacher yeah you're an educator not really sometimes when they call me i'm like you just play one on tv sometimes when i'm sitting at my desk and the phone rings dude i'm like <laughs> fuck talk to these people you know why you're good at what you do joe it's because you're passion driven like me that's all of us yeah we're yeah, passion dude. driven yeah. yeah there 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 are so many amazing good people in this industry mm-hmm. like i'm a tree god i'm the mexican lorax but you know what i am not the only one yeah and arbor culture is like a bus with unlimited seating totally and we just like fly through the universe and we are just like all gods and goddesses <laughs> tree gods and goddesses it's amazing dude um speaking of the fact that you're mexican <laughs> Ole, <laughs> you, you said it. Uh, what uh, you're one of the few or only board certified master arborists around. Oh, of we're gonna Spanish. bring that up. Supposedly, set, right? supposedly. I mean, I don't know. So, at least in this area, I don't know. I don't know anyone else. In the I state, have been told by least. some people that I respect in the industry that I'm the only one in the Midwest. Wow. Um, I only know of one. Um, who is out on the West Coast. Uh-huh. I can't remember his first name. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank, but I think his last name's Ayala. Okay. And I think he's from LA Tree Care. Mm-hmm. He is the only other Latino that I know of that is board certified master arborist. Man, that's... I know I am not the only one. But so, like, before I went out there and said, I'm the only Latino board certified master arborist, I kind of put a call to action out before I ever took my test. I said, I want to be one. Yeah. Like, whose coattails can I ride on? Mm-hmm. Who can I, like, look to for um some uh support and drive and i'm really um apprehensive about taking this test i'm not a good test taker again i didn't do well in traditional platforms of education yeah i have met people with urban forestry degrees who have taken the bcma test multiple times yeah. and have not passed it yep and that really freaked me out 
That's scary. It's very scary. And I mean, plus it's expensive. Um, but I'm a tree guy, so you know I'm rich, right? Because all of us tree guys are just loaded. <laughs> Not a true story at all. Anyway, um, and I kind of put a call out there, you know, like link- LinkedIn and all all your platforms, your social platforms about Latino and BCMA. And, you know, I want to be the only one, you know, kind of hoping I would call somebody out. Because if somebody did that now, I'd be like, hey, you're not the only one. Yeah. You're not the first one. I'm here too. How can I help you? You yeah. know, I would, I would. Well, that's I would, what I was going to say. Right, that's I would awesome. Like that. You're yeah. that guy. You're the guy now. Yeah. Like, so, you're the guy. So I'm going to claim it. Yeah. Until someone comes and takes it, I'm yeah. going to claim it. So, yes, I am the only self proclaimed Latino board certified master arborist in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to claim that. But I hope that by doing that, I will pull somebody else out yes. who is of a similar background as me, mm-hmm. and they can be the next one. There is no value in being on the top. Mm-hmm. I just there's no value in that. I want to be part of giving back and and helping inspire someone else. Yeah, so that's awesome. If there are some other Latinos out there that are in arbor culture and you want to take the next step. And for whatever reason, you're just like stuck or on the fence or not sure if I can be a, um, any kind of inspirational help, man, please reach out to me. You know, they say, we, well, we know from, from like research that we learn better from those that we resonate with. Yeah. You know, like guys yeah. like Eduardo Medina. Yeah. You know, I, I, even though he's like from Mexico and I'm from America, I just kind of wish that like when I was coming up through the industry, that I could have known that people like him existed mm-hmm. because it would not have taken me 30 years to get where I'm at now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's the th- shit, man. We don't know. We don't know shit until we do. Right. Yeah. I mean, really, you know, like you if can't I, be what if you I, can't see. If I would have known what I know now, I would have buckled down, went to a traditional university, you know, got my education and I'd probably be light years ahead of where I'm at right now. But I didn't because I didn't know. But now I do, so hopefully now I can help people. Well, see, now you, you have know? a why, so now you grab onto that, that knowing that. Yeah. And that's what's propelling you forward, right? Mm-hmm. That's what's driving you, just yeah. like it is for me. Yeah. The other thing, so. some people, um, some people are just content and they don't want anything else. You know what I mean? Like I'm not that guy, and I definitely know you're not that guy. No. You know, I did, I did what I did on my own most of it you know i went out and did trainings and got my own licenses and certifications and now it's easier because i'm at a level to where my employer will pay for that stuff if i want to do it but when i started i did it all on my own but i had that drive because i wanted i wanted to be better i wanted to look more attractive to potential employers and then i also wanted to not look like an idiot like on job sites i wanted to know what what the fuck I was talking about. Well, that's and, integrity, right? And what you have some integrity. I got a little bit. If you knew about my sexual history in my <laughs> teens and twenties, you'd probably disagree. But uh, uh yeah, professionally, yeah. <laughs> Tons of integrity. <laughs> Man, I could touch that, but I'm not gonna <laughs> No, I know what you mean though. So yeah, I mean, um but that's like where personal development comes in. Just as a thing in anything that you want to do, you know, developing yourself personally and being cognizant of like the people you surround yourself with is mm. so important, yeah. especially if you like, like, I don't know, that term wayward sounds so old, but like if you're just misguided mm-hmm. and you know you're misguided, 
See, that's like you and me, right? That's like where yeah. we really resonate. Yep. You knew you were fucked Absolutely. up. Absolutely. And I knew I was fucked up. Yeah. And I'm like, I just don't want to be fucked up. Because like yeah. I'm looking around around me and everything's messed up. And some 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 phrase I heard was, you know, show me the top like show me the five people that you hang around with and I'll show you your future. Yeah, you're right. Dude. And it's like, yeah. man, that's true. Because mm-hmm. I am just like them. You hang around with five losers, guess what? You're gonna be the sixth loser. Yeah, but it is dude. so hard to detach yourself away from that. Well, it's your life. You know what I mean? That's sure. It's and who, it's comfortable. Yep. It's so comfortable because yeah. the first thing you do, your friends and your family be the first ones to fuck you up when you tell them, I want to go do this. They're mm. the first ones. You know, I just, I don't want to get too deep in my personal life, but I just, I just went through a massive hitting of a reset button okay. in major areas of my life. Yeah. And, and what it really came down to was my growth once I like went on a journey of self-discovery, self-exploration, diving in deeper to myself, my growth started to to snowball mm-hmm. and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And the people that were closest to me were my biggest detractors. I see. Because yeah. they weren't doing anything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm not the reason why you're not doing anything. But don't hate on me because I'm You're trying, trying, yeah. right? And like, well, you forget who you were. You forget where you came from. And you got all these people thinking that you're something you're not. No, I'm, I'm trying to portray and project a version of myself that I want to be like. Because when mm-hmm. I look at that version, I feel good to say that's me. Yeah. So I'm going to put it out there and that's what I'm going to go aspire to be yeah that's awesome so you need to do that too yep don't let me tell you what to do but i'm just kind of give you some guidance because you're not happy where you are because you keep trying to pull me back mm-hmm. and i just the more that i did that and the more that i just started following my path and just let go um the more i just the the, the shift the paradigm shift just really started to turn and change and people that were the closest to me that ever been in my life just i just started pulling away yeah it was very very difficult that's profound, dude. I mean, eventually you have to, but I think most people, even when they reach that point and recognize that they have to do that, they have to take that step away and break away. They don't, you know, I think it takes more strength to abs- a- a- absolutely and actually do it than does it just recognize it. You know, right? what's the hardest part where the most strength has to come from? And this is why you got to do the self work because when you make these decisions to do like what I'm talking about doing, like hitting a reset button on your life, um, there will be people in your life in various, from various points of your life, either very recent or from very far in the past. And when you hit that reset button hard, you realize like you can't be, around them anymore Mm -hmm. and the the guilt that can be associated with like just pulling away can be very difficult but that's why you gotta do the self-work because you 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 gotta be true to yourself and you gotta do what makes you happy yeah we're only here one time i mean i'll be reincarnated to some amazing dog in the next (laughs) life but until then you know whatever some tree maybe i'll be a ginkgo tree (laughs) i'll be a female ginkgo you'll be a stink You can make That's special powder for, for your ass and your balls. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how are, uh, how's uh how's uh how's your business doing, dude? I I I have <clears throat> always liked your business. Um, Thank you. I'm not asking how it's doing like financially, but no. I've always Thanks. liked your business. I kind of view 
your company as like a boutique shop or like a craft brewery or something like that. Apothecary. You're very, yeah, you're very, you're very specialized Mm -hmm. versus just like, you know, you're the big corporate companies that do it all. Right. I'm not saying that they're not passionate, but they do it all. And if you do it all, you can't be great. That's right. Everything that you do and what you do, you focus really on like, um, like the plant healthcare stuff mm-hmm. and the education to your customers. Yep. And I tree think, preservation I, is first. Yeah. And foremost I, and paramount. Um, on the plant healthcare side, we really want to offer dialed in, specialized, um, targeted tree care, as opposed to like broad spectrum. Yeah. So we do that through uh, my sister company, Emerald Tree Care. Mm-hmm. And then the green extraction technology side, you know, that's where we start from the ground up. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of uh, root color excavation, a lot of pneumatic soil. Yeah. You using the air spade, that's the tool that we like the best. And then, of course, pruning removals. Sometimes trees have to be removed. Just like you said, you walk in a backyard, it could be an oak. It could be a beautiful um, 30-inch bur oak. Mm-hmm. But if you know they're going to put a foundation in, and they're going to rip out half the roots and make the tree unstable. And the trees already got cracks, splits, never been cared for, in decline for whatever reason. Yeah. It's got to come down anyway. So yeah. you got to look at objective. Oh, yeah. You can't, again, you can't <clears throat> save every tree. No. So, but and some trees shouldn't be saved. Like your, the root collar excavation stuff that you guys do is fucking awesome. Like, I mean, I know there's a couple other companies, the corporate ones that do it. But mm-hmm. again, I like like what you do. And you typically mix in the biochar Yep. Back in, yep. right? Yeah. So the ingredients that we use are not proprietary to us, but the mixture of the ingredients and how we do that is definitely proprietary to us. Okay. So I don't want to speak on exactly the things we use, but yeah, yeah. we do a lot of amending. So yeah. a lot of other people that are um, offering that service of root collar excavation, pneumatic soil uh, cultivation or whatever, um, we, we add a lot of amendments back into the soil mm-hmm. and we go the extra step. Yeah. We definitely go the extra step. But again, because we're not corporate, because we're not big box, um, from a, from a pricing standpoint, point, from a profit, profitability standpoint, we can do more than some of the big box companies can. Yeah. I've, I've been really surprised. Like that's when I really like took off with that whole side of my business is when I walked into a room and somebody from a big box tree care company knew who I was. And they like <laughs> called awesome. me on the class like, that's oh, awesome. this is the best guy to have in a class because he does tons of that. And I'm like, yeah, um, I don't know you. How do you know me? They're like, yeah. you're all over social media. We see all the stuff that you do. Like, this is amazing. We talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. But we can't do as much as you do because like we're sharing one air compressor and one air spade between like five of our offices. Yeah, absolutely. And right, like we right. wish we like we know we need to do this. Mm-hmm. They teach us to do this. They teach ourselves guys to sell this, but we can't get it done. So well, dollar for dollar, pound for pound, yeah. you definitely do way more than we do. And I'm like, you're a giant national hundreds of million dollar company. Like you can't possibly be saying that. I think and not to knock these companies, mm-hmm. but I think it's just easier for them to just do like soil injections and spraying and for sure pruning every couple of years and just that that same prescription it's not even really a prescription because it's so generalized you know what i mean they're not looking at the big picture and again that's why i think you're more of a boutique shop and you're geared more towards people who care but even if they don't care 
I know when you go out and you're talking to potential customers that you're educating them. And even For if you're sure. not getting paid, you're fucking giving them the information. Right. You know, and you know what? Even if they don't go with you, you've put planted the seed in their head and they're going to start asking questions to these other companies that are now. And that's up. what I'm trying to do, because um, like I don't know how many names I can throw out there and I probably shouldn't because I don't want to like call someone out in even a good way or a bad way yeah. and not do that for other people but there's somebody out there another big local tree care company very involved in the industry as well has given back tremendously in the industry but the person that helps run that organization has said many times that you know they they're they're in their lane in the industry we're in our lane in the industry we just respect each other's lanes we stay in our lanes and and we don't mind like putting each other on top right sure because what we're really trying to do is just promote this idea that professional tree care is a viable sustainable good option and it's a legitimate practice yep so that delegitimizes the people who are just again like to take ilka's uh term uh, illinois landscape contractor association their their whole thing about chucking a truck you want to get rid of the chuck and the trucks those people say, yeah, I know there's a better way, but I know when I top the tree, it really flushes out. And, you know, they'll have us back next year to top it again. Uh, they got to go. They just got to go. Do they do. I. <clears throat> there's some shady people. I have met some there's, tree care companies. There's they a, don't care. There's a company down your way, maybe a little more south of you. Um, I was talking to Eric Peterson about this when he was on the podcast at the IA convention. And they have pro in their name. Okay, mm. so the second day of this, po uh, the second day of the conference, right before Eric's podcast recording, I wanted, uh, I didn't want coffee, so I ran to the gas station to get myself a yellow colored Red Bull. Right. Okay. So I go in there, I get my Red Bull, I pull out, I'm sitting at the light, and I see their company drive by, like three trucks. You know what I mean? It's like the bucket truck, a chipper, a chipper truck, and then like a pickup truck or something. And they all drive by across the light. They're green. I'm red. I'm seeing them just cruise by. And it's right at that intersection at the Tinley Park Convention Center. You mm. know, that major, what I don't know what the roads are, but there's like a speedway on the corner. And that's where I'm Harlem at. Harlem. Yeah, it's Harlem and okay. something. Yeah. And I'm like thinking in my, and I've had a lot of problems with this company. I'm not going to mention them, but they have pro in their name. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm sitting, I'm thinking to myself like this, they have like no clue you know, they're literally the whole local industry is right there, half a block away, inside this convention center, all trying to better themselves and all trying to like uh, communicate with each other, and they're all trying to network and learn from each other. And here these guys are driving fucking by, right by, with like, a whole without, fleet. Yeah, without a care in the world. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And like those. Well, what are they driven by? Those Some are people the, are driven to build companies that have like you know, three sets of everything. Yeah. 20 guys. Right. And that's their definition of success. I don't, I don't want that. I want to build a really good, continue to build a very good, strong company with, with only the people that work for us are people who are passion driven for this industry specific, have found us, found the industry, want to learn more and, and, and operate in a profitable space to pay them well yeah. take care of them so they can go out and do what they love and not kill themselves at the same time yeah well you know what when that osha standard comes down within the next year or so year or two maybe mm -hmm. it's gonna wipe out a bunch of those companies i think well, and they gotta get caught though they will because i'll tell you what people might like, take a picture of them and post them on 
Instagram. They don't, (laughs) you know, unfortunately I know not personally, but I know from people who've told me that the pictures don't work with OSHA, that that, that's not enforceable for whatever reason. Okay. But I'll tell you this, I've called companies on OSHA and they have gotten fined from it. Really? And it's not because I'm out to hurt them because I see stupid shit almost every single day. Like you probably do. I do. But if I see something that's going to potentially kill somebody or affect my residents or their property in a negative way, then I'm calling OSHA and I've done it two times in my four and a half years at my current, uh, in my current role. So it's not a lot. And again, cause I really do not want to hurt anybody. I'd rather educate, but I'm not afraid to call. And when I call, they come. Because tell you what, when a city calls, a city, someone from a city, city representative calls their local office, OSHA comes. Wow. It's not like Bob the neighbor sure. calling up. You know what I mean? Like they nothing better come. to do some retired guy just standing there. Yeah. To and you know what? If they, and I, I again, I don't want to hurt them, but they're going to get a fine and they're going to get bit a little bit. Right. But then it's going to educate them because sure. I always will walk on a job site first and try to talk to people always and in both of those instances i did and it didn't didn't fucking matter so consistent education is key and people who work for those companies so if you're listening to this podcast and maybe you're working for a company they may be paying you very well but maybe maybe they don't care if you wear a helmet they don't care if you wear chaps for that last cut at the end of the day that one log that's got to get chucked up in the tree and you need to cut it up um, and they don't care if you wear chaps or not. You have to remember one thing, and you'll learn this in the industry if you take the path like that Joe and I have taken, especially if you become like a certified tree safety professional or any of these things, mm-hmm. that your safety is your responsibility. I mean, even though the company should be providing you with safety stuff, your safety is your responsibility. Yeah. It, when you go home after getting 68 stitches in your leg, which I think is what Dr. Ball says is like the average. I think you, the average is actually like 110 or something. Okay. Yeah. So how much I'm paying attention. Yeah. But it, it, his classes Asshole. are great like right no, after I'm lunch. His, his classes are great after lunch yeah. when he does the whole thing where people are like in their fall arrest thing. Yeah. And then they don't have it on right, so their their balls project oh, out of their scrotum. Yeah. He shows that right <laughs> after lunch. Anyway, but yeah, so, you know, those cuts are on the inside left of your leg. It's usually at the end of the day, that one last cut. And yeah, it's like a hundred and some stitches. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. Like the company doesn't matter that they gave you stuff or they made you put it on. You're the one well, that's going you, home yeah. and with if, the damage. And you're the one who's not going to be working. You're the one that's not going to be making money. You're the one, even down to the simple things, that's not going to be taking out the fucking garbage and you're fucking eight month old pregnant wife's got to be dragging that shit out while you're sitting on the couch drinking fucking Budweiser watching the Cubs lose. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I you mean, know what I mean? I mean like every day, day. you see that where guys have yeah. fallen out of trees, they've banged their head. Like it's usually it's not worth some it. damage they've sustained yeah. because of a lack of PPE and or knowledge. And then they're like doing GoFundMe, like help me out. Cause like, I can't work for like, oh, the next no, two fuck, years because no. I cut the inside of my leg Sorry. and they're in shorts. Yeah. It's like, man, come on. This is yeah. basic common sense. Yeah. You read all the accident briefs and like TCIA magazine and, most of them are just, again, uneducated people. But if you you're know, in the I'm industry, not, there's no excuse. If, if you're working not. for a company where you don't, you're like, hey, they don't talk about this stuff at my job. Go find out for yourself. Do right. a quick Google search. Like, I want to call my guys out. My guys are great, man. They know. And we got a couple of girls that work for us, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like some office staff that will go out into the field. They don't mess around. 
I want to make. They've been to enough classes and they've they've done to enough stuff, and I've said it enough that I've pulled up on job sites and they they ninety eight percent of the time they're not cutting corners. Mm-hmm. They've disconnected something. There's chocks. I pull up. Helmets are on. Visors are down. Earmuffs are and that's on. That's what they should do. I mean, once once you start doing everything in a safe and consistent manner, it doesn't take any more time. That's just part of your systematic process with whatever it is that you're doing. You know what I mean? You I don't... think they get joy out of telling that to spite me. They don't do it for me. <laughs> they do it for them. They're like, my safety is yeah. my responsibility. Yeah. I'm not doing this for you, Daniel. And I'm, well, I don't care why you're doing it. Yeah. Just do it and good on you. Because yeah. again, it promotes the professional of our industry. When you're working down the street from, you know, Joe Schmo landscaper, right. who also does tree trimming, and he's up there with a 30 foot extension ladder oh, at the God. end of a branch, yeah. just cutting the same branch that he's standing on. Yeah. And you guys are out here suited up looking like spaceship guys <laughs> i just our customers love us man. yeah they know the difference when we oh, show they up on a see, job site they can see they can see the professionalism Absolutely. that my guys bring to the yeah. bring to the table i'm so proud of my team i am so proud of them it took so long mm-hmm. to build a team like that i am so proud of them and really the way that i give back like from a from a um introspective spiritual component is i want them to learn as much as possible and i always keep in the back of my mind they don't belong to me i want them to belong to the industry you think you'd be sad if they left oh man i'd be there's yeah I'd you'd be, be very proud of sad. them though right well the pride will come is when they go out into the into the God, they better stay in the same industry. I'll kill them. But um, <laughs> that they that they go out into the industry and they say something like, you know, I'm here to learn more. Like where I worked for, the place that I worked for with Daniel, he can only take me this far. I've done a lot of self-study on my own, which he, you know, pushed me to. Sure. And um, I can't grow anymore here, so I'm going to go move on somewhere else and mm-hmm. go over there. Do I want that to happen? No, I don't want that to happen. But ultimately, I don't want to be the reason why they don't grow. Sure, but that's awesome. You know what, though? That's hard if, to say, If though. they move on... You guys leave. I'm coming for you. you piece, I know where all of you, you live. fucking pieces of shit. You pieces of shit. I know stay. where all of you live. But... <laughs> If the, the, but, but here's the thing though, dude, like if they leave, I mean, obviously they're not going to leave all at once, but potentially eventually someone's going to leave. Right. Yeah. But they're going to talk to people, dude. Oh, I've had hundreds and of people new, new, in the nursery side of but it. But new people, people but that's the thing though, you get to develop that reputation, new people, you're going to be able to build all of these great careers and you're going to get much higher quality employees sure. than just like, you know, uh, I have met some people. dude who's like cutting, who cut grass and used to prune some trees who just is looking for work this summer. Right. You know what I mean? You're going to get like high quality, high quality people like once the word gets out. And we're, I mean, everyone already knows. I have met know. people at conferences and events who have recognized me from social media mm-hmm. and like they'll come up to me and say hi and stuff. And I want to know like what, what what's life like for you? Or like, man, it's like I've just learned so much. And they're like, you know, I used to work for a big box company, you know, doing tree care. I've been in the industry for like 15 years. Yeah. I worked for a big box company, but I've never been happier when I left that. And I left the benefits. And I took a little bit of a pay cut yeah. to go work for like the, the seven person team because it's more dialed in. It's a it's a tighter unit. I'm learning more. I'm closer to the owners. They care more. Exactly. And they're they happier. More. Yeah. 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 They're happier. They're not just a number. Right. But that's the difference between a production arbor, and that's okay if you're in that. But it's, you know, there's different, and and not to, I I really don't want to discount or disparage 
the corporate companies either because there are a lot of people at those levels that do care dude like there really is you know like but their know, hands are tied i've met them no they are absolutely but you know there's different people in different pockets at different levels that are great and there's people at those same pockets and levels that fucking suck yeah but they're i've had a couple of they're, them call me they're, they're but they're there you know what i mean just like you and i or everyone else that i've had on this podcast they're passionate and they care and they're doing the best they can because ultimately all of us face some sort of barrier somewhere or some sort of box that we have to learn to get it and navigate around you know what i mean and they're there they're not just like they're not just like the apple or ce or uh you know microsoft or mm-hmm. fucking facebook like right. they'd probably be the worst facebook douchebags imagine working at facebook <laughs> fuck that we well, get to go to work dude i'll M&Ms tell you what tent. if like if facebook like posted a job right now for like certified arborist and it paid like 150 grand i'd be like fuck it <laughs> but first let I'm me a, take a selfie let me yeah let me put it i'll put i'll put my resume in there you know like give it a shot maybe i can help maybe i can't but i'll be making 150 grand it's more than double what i'm making <laughs> in this day and age like i'm sorry to say the dude. most important thing in your resume is like what what are you doing right now to better yourself yeah i think definitely you're always better in yourself ever since i've known you i've Trying, known you for man. I mean, you didn't know who I was, but I've known who you are for like six years. Um, but I've always been trying to better myself, no matter like what I'm doing. Like, and I don't get paid more for more than half of the shit I do. But I care about what I do. Your payment you know? isn't fulfillment. So I talked about like that yeah. little reset button yeah. setting on my life, and I was I was looking for happiness for the longest time, chasing happiness, and I finally found fulfillment. And there's such a difference. Just like the other day, I was looking up the difference between commitment and dedication. Mm-hmm. Commitment is like something you're bound to, even against your will. Like marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm I love my wife. I'm just <laughs> um, but dedication is like a, a, it's chosen. You choose that. Yeah. Where commitment is just something you're bound to. Right. Like you have to do it, right? Yeah. We're so busy in life doing things that we're supposed to do that we're have to do i don't think anyone is really happy i think everyone has a vision of themselves and they have a vision of themselves being happy and seven out of ten things that they're doing throughout the day or steps that they take or paths that they take when they get to different intersections is a predisposed version of what they think they should be to get to that happiness Mm mm-hmm but even that point of where they think is happy is not it's not it you know what i mean like because like happiness is a destination fulfillment is that space that you occupy at that moment yeah but you got to be super present you got to live a totally different life like uh like you know gratitude man i start the day out every day with i look for the simplest things Mm -hmm. the simplest things i get out the shower and there's a vase on on a nightstand and through the crack in the door if i leave the bathroom door open i can see the vase with all the different colors up against the backdrop of the bedroom green wall okay right yeah and like instantly i'm just like the way those colors pop and i know this sounds really mamsy pamsy and flowery and all that shit but man to stay in fulfillment yeah and to stay present i have to be there so i'm like sure it looks beautiful yeah. days starting out great thank god i have eyes yeah that's but, awesome. you know and i'm not a that's religious awesome. guy at all i'm yeah. just i'm just spiritual and becoming more spiritual. sure well there's a huge difference and i think 
even a lot of the religious people don't understand that distinction between spiritual and religious. No, you know, you get the mafia out there killing people on Saturday night and going to church on Sunday, <laughs> wash away their sins. Right. <laughs> Go in a box and admit that you did something bad and it's all, all is well. Yeah, no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Karmic, that's a motherfucker. So what's next? What's next for me? Um, I would like to be the only Latino registered consulting arborist. Ooh, I'm going to say tough, country because I don't know how many. There's 430 or 60 yeah, registered like consulting yeah. arborists, and I'm sure there's other Latino ones. And why is being a Latino one important? Because that's what I resonate with. That's sure. I'm so I'm looking yeah. for something that's going to kind of drive and pull me. And yeah. again, I want to give back. So, you know, that's awesome, dude. That's my thing. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not your dad or nothing. But like I'm proud of you, dude. Well, thank seriously. Wow. Like you, do you do good stuff, that. man? Thank you. you. I'm not gonna lie, you get a little intense sometimes, but I've heard that not right now, too. not right now. But in ta- at times you have an intense. It's this fine Irish, but it's it's who, but it's I mean it's who you are, and it's <clears throat> coming from a good place in your heart. Thank you know you. what I mean? And it is. I appreciate that. I genuinely do. I'm not just saying that as like a man who's recording through microphones onto this computer. Like I mean it. Thank like you. I, I, I like that. what you do, and I, I think you're a, a valuable asset to the community and the industry, dude. And thank you, that means a lot. Super happy that. that you were here and everything that you've done. I'm very proud to be here, especially knowing that my butt is sitting in the same seat that, again, you know, gods that I look at <laughs> in this industry have sat in here. I don't know why I'm in here, but I am super grateful that I'm here. Um, I thank you for the platform and for the voice. And I thank you for what you do. I thank you that you've opened up this platform and your perspective, your objective on it. You know, you're not biased in any way and you're continuing wanting to give back in a form of education. Sweet. And I love your music. Oh, thanks. Can we dude. talk about your music? Oh, dude, look over on that table over there. I got a, a CD for you. Oh my gosh. You downloaded it already? I downloaded Yes, yeah, so but that's I know an I didn't actual help you get CD. platinum. I didn't help you go platinum <laughs> or anything, but I did buy I only CD printed 20 of those off so. the internet. <laughs> So my favorite songs are First Snow uh-huh. and Ode to Sunset. Oh, sweet. Thanks, And man. I think Thank it's you. Meanwhile, that's your longest, yeah. the longest yeah. song on there. Yeah. So I know your music. Yeah, thanks, I man. I love it. I, I definitely it. vibe and chill to I figured it. I'd give you a CD because you're old and you probably have a CD player. I, fi- I do. <laughs> no, I'm fucking with you, dude. I still burn CDs and listen to them in my car, man. I'm not fucking around. I download music and all I burn them on CDs. All the hipsters are going back to LPs. I know, man. I can't afford that. Look at all these CDs I got over here. I can't buy all this shit in vinyl again. I'm a nerd, dude. I literally, literally, I fucking sit in that chair and I'll drink beer and just stare at the computer screen and listen to music. Don't forget you have a wife. Well, she's like up there like doing the dishes and oh my God, I'm just fucking around. (laughs) You better be. I'm just joking. But we all, we each have, we, we, we all have like, our balance of things right so like you know we all we have family time all all the time we have alone time just the two of us for you know what and then you know she knows when i come home from work i need half hour to decompress you know i can't just be jumping in and sometimes i do if that's what is dictated you know but my wife is great i love her she gives me a lot of freedom and i give her a lot of freedom but it's not us giving each other freedom it's just the way the relationship works. You know, it's not a tick box where she's like, give Joe 30 minutes freedom today. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's how her relationship is. And that's why I, I married her, you know, that's awesome. Sometimes she's a fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> I can guarantee you I'm like 10 times more of a pain in the ass. So 
I am grateful for her and, and the kids and stuff. That's important. I mean, dude, right when you got here, we kicked him out of the house so we can sit here and record this podcast in peace. Now look at us. Yeah. It's over. It's done. <laughs> yeah. We're finished. Anyways, dude, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. Appreciate it, dude. Thank you. I appreciate it.